Thank you for coming. I'm in page number four. Page number four. I want to talk about the place and power of money in your life and ministry. And uh, God helping us, I can join in also with leading your financial life first. Uh, let me start by saying that I believe this is a very, very crucial conference for any minister that wants to make heaven. And I will give you three stories to support that. Now, the first teaching says that uh, they don't teach us money in Bible school. Neither do they teach us in seminary. It's true. Most of the information that we ministers have about money, they are the informations we get from our motivational speakers, secular books, secular authors, that tells us how to make money, either in godly ways or in crooked ways. And when we come to ministry, one thing they will not teach us is how do you make money as a minister? And how do you run your financial life so that money will not send you to hell? Because the possibility is there. Number three, how do you do it so that as a minister, you don't put your financial future in the hand of your church or your denomination? How can you live and do this work without financial pressure? You see, those are questions that have not been answered. So you find that many of us have come to ministry. When it comes to the issue of money, we handle it anyhow. If they are stealing in our church, we join them to steal. If our mentor, our father is covetous, we to become covetous. And many of us that God has blessed with uh, anointing, power ministry, miracle ministry, and people are donating money. We just find that money is coming in. The thing is just flowing. How do we handle it? We don't know. But thank God for this seminar. Those are issues we want to consider. Thank God where we have started. We are praying that God will give us financial breakthrough. He will answer in Jesus' name. But at the same time, I see a lot of wrong attitudes about money which we need to correct. God will bless you. I can't hear your amen. I say God bless you. There was this man of God. There was. Because he's dead now. But when this story happens, it was just a few months to his death. He has served the Lord very well. If I mention his name, some people will know him here. But in the city where he was, southwest Nigeria, he has spent many years in that place. Then, Bonke came there with a crusade. And he was one of the fathers in the land. So they joined the executive of the fire conference of the Bonke Crusade. Now after the Bonke Crusade, the money they raised at the fire conference and the offering on crusade ground, he shared part of it. Because Bonke don't take those monies. It is those ministers in charge, those on the altar, those in charge of one committee or the other that takes the money. Go and ask anywhere. That's the way they... They may not say it, but that's the truth. So he shared part of the money. 
And when they were raising the money, they were making appealing appeal to people. And that we are raising this money for so, 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 and so reasons. But they didn't use the money for the reasons they raised it for. Rather, they shared it. Then after the crusade have ended, everybody has gone their way. The Lord appeared to him. That you have served me for many years. And now, it's only some few time for you to come back home. But you will not receive your reward though. If you don't return that money you took. And he said, okay, oh Lord, I will return the money. And the Lord said, you will not only return the money in secret, you will return it openly. And you go and confess in seven churches that you took part of that money. Well, because he has served the Lord for a long time and he wants to get to heaven. So he started going to seven churches and saying, oh, we stole that money. Oh, we didn't use it for what, you, what we told you people. I share part of it. This is my own portion of it. Oh. Now, when report got to the other leaders that this one was spilling the beans, they wrote to his geo in Lagos. Here. In fact, his geo died yesterday. I was hearing this morning. The geo died yesterday. He wrote to his geo. They wrote that he should come and remove the geo should come and remove him or else they will deal with him. But he did the restitution. So the geo removed him and they took him to a church at Ijaniki. He resumed this Sunday. The following Friday, I know that pastor. Their pastor at Ibadan. His daughter was doing his marriage. This pastor went. When they finished and they were coming back, he was to, supposed to be in the same car with his wife. But no, he told the wife, go, I'll be coming. In the car he was, the car just had a freakish accident and he was dead. But thank God he restitute. If he has not restituted his stolen money, he might have lost his reward. Hello? That's story number one. Story number two. I told you I will tell you three. Is it it? Okay, okay, two now. I will give you one later, later, later. There is an evangelist in Nigeria, south, south. About three, four years ago, he came out openly. Though he later denied it, but it because of pressure that he denied it, he came out openly that he got to heaven. In a revelation. And the gate of heaven was locked against him. That he will not go in. Why? The Lord says he has commercialized the gospel. And this was a minister that charged. If you go to his office, you must drop something. Something tangible. And when you want to invite him. First class ticket. Aircraft. First class five star hotel. And so many of those things they do. Thank God he has repented since then. He's not charging like before. Uh, we don't know about that. <laughs> now I'm telling you that. Okay, let me tell you the third story. The person that I'm going to tell this story is sitting down looking at me here, but I won't mention his name. This thing happened just maybe let's say about two weeks now. Uh, less than two weeks he called me up in the morning it was a tuesday morning he said he had a revelation there was a man of god that jesus appeared to and he had a very massive encounter of salvation 
And in his life you can see that he is truly converted. And God is blessing his ministry now. But he had a revelation just last week. He saw that the trumpet sound. And everybody was going up. He too went up. But at a point, he fell down. And the devil was laughing at him. Say, say, you see you fell down. And waving money at him. He said he woke up saying, the devil is a liar. So he was afraid. He said, sir, is it not that I will not go to heaven? I said, no, you will go. The Lord is just warning you that the devil will use money to delay you. The devil will do everything with money to make sure you don't go. And now I believe that message is not only for him. I believe that message is for the whole church. Lay your hand on your chest. Money will not take me to hell. I can't hear you very well. In this journey to heaven, money will not destroy me. Can you open your mouth and pray that prayer? Father, I ask that you will help us. We depend on your grace. We depend on your mercy. We depend on you to help us so that money will not take us to hell in this world. Open our understanding. Do your operation in our hearts. So shall it be in Jesus' name. The Lord answer our prayers in Jesus' name. Now open your material to page number four. Let's continue. It is high time. Minister God, take a deep look about the issue of money again. Lot of ministers are in the ministry. But they know next to nothing about the place and the power of money in our lives and in our work. Many know their Bible, but they don't know the perverse influence that money has in ministry. I want you to underline that. The perverse influence. I know a lot of ministers that have started well. But when they begin to handle money, and when it comes to the issue of money, they turn to another thing. Because money is very pervasive. It influences you negatively. Hello? Money can make you do what you don't want to do. And make you preach. I mean, practice what you preach against. Somebody sent me a joke yesterday. It's a joke. He said I should laugh it off. But he didn't know that I was preparing for this. So to me, it's not a laughing matter. It's a serious matter. To me, it's a confirmation. Because I was thinking, I was praying, I was ruminating on this. That I'll be standing before men and women of God tomorrow to be sharing this. My, my phone, SMS just rang. And when I checked it, look at the story he sent to me. He said, I should love it awful. But to me, it's not a laughing matter. He said, there was a man who had a dead dog. Dog. The dog died. And he brought the dog to a priest and say sir can you hold a funeral service for my dog and the priest said no we don't do funeral for dogs here this is the church of God please get away anyway there is a small church down there the man doesn't have a member take it to him Peradventure, he can do it me I don't do service for dogs and the owner of the dog said, thank you, sir. But he said, eh, sir, that small church pastor, 
Will he collect one million naira donation from me as a result of uh, burying my dog and doing the service? One million naira. I said, yes, sir. Why didn't you tell me the dog is a Christian? Come, come, come inside. Because of the money. <laughs> say, why didn't you tell me that the dog is what to? He said, Christian, please come in, come in. Let's start the service. That's a pervasive influence of money. We laugh over it, but the truth is there. The truth is that ministers will do anything because of money. Let's move on. We grew up to meet money in the world. And we were not really taught the pros and the cons of it. We just wake up to discover that everyone is after money and in the rat race of life. And in a society like ours, which is so monetized, and money is everything, even your value about money, right, is a hackling task. Because everybody is doing it. You too will want to join the bandwagon. When you come to ministry and the Spirit of God is within you, you look at it, you don't want to touch money, you don't want to be, you don't want money to soil your image. But when you see what everybody is doing, and you say, Hey, if you can't beat them, hey, please join them. Moreover, the place and power of money in ministry is becoming too critical. That whoever wants to, to live to please God must take stock and reappraise his or her life again and again concerning my financial matters. In the light of what? The scriptures. So I want to look at the Bible. In the light of the scriptures. You know, in my own research, because thank God I just finished a book. I can't rush the book. I had wanted to rush the book so that it would be available in this conference. But I find out I can't rush it. But thank God I'll be able to finish it. We are working, we are editing now. By August, by God's grace, it should be out. Jesus School of Money. It's about 400 pages book. And all the, all the scriptural verses that talks about money, possessions, wealth in the Bible, they are in that book. I hope you will get a copy of it. Some of what we are sharing here is there in the last section. But it's very profound. If you really want to get to heaven, you need this and you need that book. The Lord will help you in Jesus' name. Now, in the introduction to that book, I said that when it comes to the matter of money ministry, there are three kinds of Christians or three kinds of leaders. Number one, the, 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 the six, six thirty Christian. You know, when the clock is six thirty, the two hands faces down. In other words, there are ministers, there are Christians that when it comes to money, they don't joke with it. They will sell their soul, sell their conscience, sell their God, sell everything just to make that money. They are so worldly minded, they are heavenly useless. But on the opposite again, is the 12 known Christian and 12 known ministers. Ministers that are 12 known, you know when the clock is 12 known, the two hands are up. They are so heavenly minded, they are utterly useless. They don't know much about money. They say, I'm just in ministry to do the work of God. 
I'm just a minister. Hey, hey, hey. Everything about money, they hand it to people. Hey, hey. I'm not concerned. They hate the issue of money in ministry. But experience have shown that people like that will weep at the end of the day. Then the balance is the third one. The six o'clock Christian. At six o'clock, the longest sound is up and the shorter one is down. But it's balance. And that's, that's what we want to call for in this conference. We need money for ministry. But we don't, do mon we don't do ministry for money. Did you get that? We need what? Money for ministry. And we need money in ministry. But we don't do ministry for money. God will give us money. Because we need money to buy so many things. Your coming here is money. That material in your hand is money. This venue is money. The, everything we are doing is monetized. But how do we do it? So that money doesn't become our master. And money will remain our servant throughout our life and ministry. That's what we want to call for in this conference. And the Lord will help you and me in Jesus' name. Okay, let's read two Bible passages. Let's read two Bible passages. Let's read Haggai. The book of Haggai is one of the minor prophets. Haggai chapter 2, verse number 8. Before Zechariah, before, before eh, Haggai chapter 2, verse number 8, says, The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. God did not entirely condemn money. In actual fact, according to this scripture, he said everything is mine. The silver is mine, the gold is mine. And I can give it to whosoever I will. Under scripture, Psalm 62, verse number 10. Psalm 62, verse number 10. Psalm 62, verse number 10. It's, it reads, Do not trust in oppression, nor vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase... Do not set your heart on them. If riches increase, and they will increase for you. But the Bible says, don't do what to? Don't set your heart on them. Don't let them enter your heart. Don't let them be the basis of your life and your ministry. The Lord will bless all of us in Jesus' name. And let's look at it. There is a formal definition. Money is paper and coins with the value printed on it. What I mean by that is that if it is 10... 20, 30. You see it printed on those coins and papers. It is the most acceptable forms of exchange in the world according to commerce and economic terms. Money is a tool to accomplish eternal dividends. I need you to underline that. That's for us preachers and ministers. God gives you money. God allows money to come into your hand as a tool. As a tool to accomplish things of eternal value we cannot take money to heaven but we can send it ahead to prepare heaven for us we can't take it to heaven have you ever seen a man that took money packed it inside the locks, boxes and they put it inside his coffee and is able to get over there no you can't cross border you can't take it to the grave you met it here and you will leave it here have you ever thought about that even if you own the whole money, the whole world, you fill the whole house here, yeah, you are not taking anywhere. 
uh, the, the richest African man now is is who? Dangote. Is he going when his money and when he's going? His money is not following. Even Abiola, his money did not follow him. And there was there was a time many years back in the in the middle sixties and early seventies, there was a bank they called the Agbomogbe Bank. That's a bank that will never dry up. Is the one they changed to National Bank of Nigeria. Eventually, where is National Bank now? It has dried up. Ogbe, long on Nigeria. <laughs> it dried up. Money is a tool. So whenever God gives you money, you must understand that this is what oh, it's a tool. God just gives you a tool. And it is only a fool that lacks tools. It must never enter our hearts. It must never be the controlling influence of our life. It must never be our master. It's a tool. It's a tool to accomplish things of eternal value. Now, it is called different names in different places. Like dollar. That's what the American calls it. They call it there's the American dollar, there's the Canadian dollar, there's whatever dollar, hey, dollars, pound, euro, naira, rand, quacha, and the rest, and the rest. But everything is a money. It's a tool. Now look at some facts about money. Everyone on the surface of the earth spends two-thirds of his life or her life searching for making and keeping what oh money everybody that's what they are after everybody at least two-thirds of your life you are looking for money you want to make money and look at what i divided here here's your age and your money when you are between zero years and 24 years you are learning you are preparing you are going to school <laughs> you are going to colleges so that you can make a uh, money some people are earlier they won't get to 24 before they start making money some are they are 18 19 20 especially if you're a dancer if you are all this uh, <laughs> whatever before 24 you're already making money but you are learning generally speaking from 0 to 24 you are learning how to make money from 24 to 50 years is your active any years that's why most men they don't have time for god People don't have to because I want to make as much as possible. When I have the strength, you do business, you get involved in this. I need the money is not coming easily. You go for blood money. That's why it's difficult to see men from 24 to 30. They won't come to this kind of conferences. Because what are they saying? I need to make money. Money, money. From 51 to 65 years. Okay, those are your passive any years. What you, the investment you make, the houses you build, the land you bought, and uh, the investment you make from your 24 to 50, you start reaping results and uh, earnings from them when you are from 51 to 65. Because 51 to 65, you don't really have the strength of youth again. Though there are some people, even they are 60, they are still running after money. And when you run after money, money runs away from you. Nobody pursues money and gets money. Now that's one truth I will keep on re-emphasizing for the next three days. You don't pursue money. You attract money. Did you hear me? I'll keep saying that. Especially to a minister, to a Christian, to a man of God. You don't pursue money. You attract money. And I'll tell you how to attract money. You don't pursue it. 
Because according to Exiliasis chapter 5 verse 10, those who are looking for silver will never get silver enough. Those who are looking for money, they will never get it. When, the more, longer you pursue it, the more it runs. So a lot of people spend the rest of their life searching for money. Number two, money is the only power competing with God in the hearts of men. Did you hear that? That's what our Lord Jesus says in uh, Matthew 6, 24. You cannot serve God. And what? And mama. It's impossible. That mama is a spirit. That is the demonic spirit that is in charge of money. You cannot serve God and serve mama at the same time. It's impossible. Hello? Because the mammonic spirit is very sly, mean, merciless, destructive, and dominating. It demands for total worship and control men's hearts. And when preachers start serving money, I will tell you how they serve money later. You have forgotten God. So money is the only power that competes with God in the heart of men. Because if you really serve God, you won't serve money. And if you serve money, you won't serve God. Both of them, they are always opposite. Three, money can be a wonderful servant, but a terrible master. As a servant, money does things for you. But as a master, it corrupts and drives God out of people's hearts. And unfortunately in the church, this is what is happening. How many churches do you get to on Sunday morning and they preach this kind of messages to us about money? No. They only tell us, bring it, connect, 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 bring it, 10,000, 1 million. And God bless you. Ministers have this mentality. We are there to collect. How do they make the money? We don't care. Is it blood money? It doesn't concern us. Even one preacher says it. Even if it is blood money, bring it. I will clean it with the blood of Jesus. Money can be a wonderful servant. But a terrible, terrible master. Money will never be enough. That's number four for you. Because the nature of money is transient. Money has never satisfied. And it will never satisfy. The more you have, the more you will want to have. It's transient. It's fleeting. It's uncertain. It's corruptible. It's unsatisfying. It's deceitful and it's depreciating. If you read all those scriptural passages, it confirms it. Even in First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, it says, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. Money do grow wings and fly away. It's uncertain. It's transient. I'm telling you the nature of money. It's transient. It's uncertain. It doesn't satisfy. The more you have, the more you want to have. And when money has taken over your heart, you can sell your soul and sell your mother just to have money. Or oh, is that a story? We are not using that to destroy anybody. If you read the news, just last week, somebody's mother disappeared 10 years ago. And he put out news that his mother disappeared. Unknown to them that uh, the mother is inside his wardrobe. Embalmed the mother for 10 years inside his wardrobe. It was when his son was looking for his exam results. He saw he opened where they have never opened before. 
and the mother is there. In fact, the story says that they are still looking for the sister. The sister also disappeared. They didn't know where he buried it. The man, the man who did it is now saying it is Guru Maharaji that blamed, uh, that caused him to do it. Who knows? Maybe he used the mother for money ritual. God does not condemn money. Yes. Rather, it is wrong attitudes of greed, avarice, selfishness, covetousness, stealing, and worship of money that he hates and detests. May God free us from wrong attitude of money. Money can serve productive and eternal purposes. Yes. When properly and wisely and materially handled, money can do a good, good, good job. In fact, we need money to get to heaven. And our reward in heaven will largely be based on what we do with the monies that God allows to come into our hands. I hope you are getting me very well. Now, if you look at those Bible passages, God bless Abraham. And God bless Isaac. He blessed Jacob. He blessed his people. He blessed David. But they didn't use it for their personal aggrandizement. Neither did they allow money to replace God in their heart. It was the psalmist who wrote that psalm we read. That if riches increase, set not your heart on them. God bless them. In fact, one of the results of serving God sincerely, when you really serve the Lord, when you really obey the Lord, when you really me follow the Lord, and you are committed to Him, He will bless you financially. Because according to Job, chapter 21, verse 21 to, 20, to 28 there, He said, draw near to Him, repent of your sin, acquaint yourself with Him, and He shall bless you with plenty of silver and gold. It's one of the outcomes of serving the Lord. If God meets you in poverty, He will not leave you there. If Jesus meets you in squalor, He will not leave you there. He will lift you up. He will bless you with plenty of silver and gold. Job 36 11 says, If they obey and serve Him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. So God is not against money. And money can serve useful purposes, provided you know how to handle it. Provided you handle money as a servant. Then finally, number seven there, money is not ordinary. It is what? It is spiritual. Money has a spirit. There is a spirit behind money. And that's why it demands for worship. And people can go to any length and do anything to get money. Especially in countries like ours. Where you go to some meetings, even ministers' meetings, if you come with anything less than a jeep, God has not called you. You go to some ministers' meeting. If you are not riding in aircraft or you are flying first class, God has not called you. So the pressure is there to perform. The pressure is to be something. If you don't go in convoy of cars, latest automobiles, if you ride the popular cars that everybody is riding, God has not called you. So the pressure to perform and to get money and to be among the big boys in ministry is so much. And a lot of people are capitulating. You will not capitulate. Money has a spirit. And it is a spirit that takes over people's hearts and lives. And when the spirit of money has taken over your heart, it will drive God away from the church. It will drive out God's spirit from the church. The strategy of Satan is to cripple ministers and the church with the spirit of uh, 
mama and you succeeding too much so many churches have been crippled you know i asked a senior minister i said sir between money and women which one will send ministers to hell most this is a man by next year i think by next year this is 2013 by next year 2014 oh no in two years time 1965 he will be ministry for 50 years and without blemish so i said sir tell me i'm doing when i was writing this and writing that book i said sir tell me but in your own experience in this work i said which one will send people to hell ministers to hell between money and women he didn't even he didn't even blink an eye when he said money i said why he said as a minister if you chase a woman the woman can say no i'm not I'm, i won't agree to that Instead of money, if you want to steal money, money will not struggle with you. Hello. May money not send you to hell. The pervasive power of money in life and ministry today. How do we undo? How do ministers? Even ministers have started well. You know, I went to a site yesterday. I saw it somewhere. And I saw that there is a site. It's biographies. Biographies of ministers across Africa. So I went to the one for Nigeria. And I saw many, 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 many. Even people have never heard their name. I saw their biography, where they were born, how they started ministry and all those things. I was reading about so many. I said, wow. You know what I discovered? You can start well and start with God. Baptized with power. Even raise all the dead. And did a lot of miracles. But if your attitude to money is wrong, your ministry will be wrong at the end of the day. Hello? May your ministry not be wrong. Okay, a brief overview of the body of Christ today. We show that there are serious money issues. There are prevalent, but which nobody seems to be talking about. We all keep quiet. It's as if we have taken out of quietness. Or if you are talking... You know, a lot of people, they label me now. They say it's a critic. He criticized. But sir, somebody must talk. Somebody must cry out. Somebody must fulfill Isaiah chapter 58. That say, cry aloud. And spare not. Show my people their sin. And the house of Israel, their transgression. And yet they serve me daily. Somebody must speak up, Jare. When Jesus came, he spoke up, oh. People like Apostle Paul. Even Apostle Paul went to the extent of mentioning names. He mentioned Haminos and Philetus. He said they have teached a wrong doctrine. He mentioned one. Alexander the Copperswin. Onikolua. Ode Fulepe. But today it's as if. Me I can't talk. I'll just mind my business. And yet many lives have been destroyed. Somebody was talking to me of a... Uh, is it a music minister? I, will, I love her before. But when I start hearing things about her, I start buying her record. Before, if you enter my car, even if you are going to from here to Nsuka, it's a record I will play. I have it in series. I have selectors that will be selecting them inside my car. But when I start hearing all those facts about her, hmm. so I knew people that were close to her. 
I said, tell her. So yesterday, one of my brother who was close to her said, ah, Esther, she has repented. I said, ah, we thank God though. That she even said, hey, I hear that you are one of those people that are praying for me. Thank God I've seen the light too. And where she did all the wrong records, mentioned the name of occulty people, she has gone back to the studio to remix and produce another one. She's not mentioning the name of Jesus. I said, that's why we have problem with error. I said, she has repented now. How about all those people that are by the error? Those people that have bought the error. They won't know she has repented now. And that error will send some people to hell. Except we ask God to have mercy and recover them. That's why when we are leaders, when we are practicing things, and nobody is talking, you may repent later, but you send many people to untimely grief. Now, this is what I've discovered today about money. Let's look at them. There are a lot of extreme teachings and practices about money in ministry. A lot of ministers speak up. And you know, as ministers, Africans, we love heroes. We love something. You know, I posted something on Facebook. Ah, a lot of people accuse me. They abuse me. Somebody was saying, some people were even asking. They say, who is my mentor? Who is my mentor? Who is my mentor? That is speaking. And what did I posted? I said, the church is not a social gathering. It's not a social club. The church comprises of people that are going to heaven. And that in the church, we must talk about sin. My sin was that I opened that my posting with I overheard the bishop, and really it was true. We were both invited to a conference, and he said that in our church we don't talk about sin because when you talk about sin, you make people to be sin conscious. That was what I put there. People say, How can you be abusing that bishop? You see, <laughs> you are criticizing. I said, No, Matthew 121 says. He shall give back to his son. And that shall call his name Jesus. What will he do? He shall save his people from what? From their sins. Why you are still talking about sin? People are committing sin. How about when you don't talk about it? Or is it not in human nature to be sinful? There are a lot of teachings. And when some so-called bishops and leaders... Hands up and say there's no unclean money. Even if it is unclean, bring it, we will clean it. <laughs> People buy into that. There are unclean money. There are occultic money. There are blood money. And it's there in the Bible. I wrote it in that my book that is coming. Can I show you one scripture? You know when Judas collected 30 pieces of silver did you remember to deny his lord later the bible said he saw he repented and brought the money to the priest did they collected it they took it but they said we will not put it in the offering this is a blood money let us go and buy a land and be burying strangers with it They didn't say, in the blood of Jesus, we clean this money, and they throw it into the offering. No! They said, this is a blood money. This is the money for somebody's soul. We won't put it here. They themselves know, they are the ones that paid the money, oh. But when he brought it back, they said, ah! We won't put this one here. But preachers of today, we'll collect that one. Say, we are the ones that gave the money out. 
And even God has said the person will die before. So, oh yeah, bring it. We will spend it. Number two. Lots of ignorance on suffering ministers in rural inner city and missionary lives. Yes, they are suffering. There are a lot of suffering going on. You know, I have a lot to say and I'm writing it. The church of today cannot say what Peter said. You know, Peter said, silver and gold, I have none. The church of today cannot say that. Rather, what we should say is that silver and gold, we have it so much. Lots of personal business is going on in churches, which is breaking away people. There are a lot of churches today, we use people for money. I will teach it to you, maybe tomorrow. I will tell you places you will discover money in ministry. One of them is people. The more people you have, the more money you will see. But I'll tell you how to go about it so that you don't abuse it. Now, a lot of people, a lot of so-called ministers have discovered that. That's why we water down the message. We won't talk about sin. We won't talk about what we offend people. So that much more people we, we come. Today, preachers, we think like politicians. If we have 1,000 people here, and all of them give 100, 100 naira, that is how much? That's 100,000. That's 100,000. We think like politicians. We won't think about their soul. If it is ministers of today that uh, uh, this man in John chapter 3, what's his name? The one who came to Jesus. Nicodemus. Because he's one of the supporters of Jesus' ministry. If it is ministers of today that he came to Jesus, we won't tell him the truth. We won't tell him you must be born again. We won't tell him. <clears throat> and like Luke chapter 8, the Mary Magdalene, and the Susanna, the wife of Chusa, and the rest of those women, <laughs> that Jesus cast aside demons. If it is ministers of today, we won't tell them you have demons, no? We say, because they are supporting Jesus with their sister, we just say, bring the money, bring the money. No worry, the Lord is blessing you. And today we use church for business. All this uh, investment club, inside Church, buy into property, inside Church, uh, cooperative, inside Church, uh, bring money, want to invest in stocks, want to invest, you know that stock thing has finished many churches. Uh, we collect members' money. Now, Pastor, they do amo. If members do it among themselves, hey, it's for them. And when the, when the bubble bursts, let them be settled among themselves. Not pastors. But now, Pastor, go champion around. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 10,000, 10,000. Ajo, Ajo, Ribu. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And Pastor, go under. Oh, I met that. Pastor, under. Pastor, go low. Coco, Cotier. Could they tell me? And those people you own, they are looking at you. And you say, our God can supply. They say, ah, only. That's what they will be saying within them. We use church for business. Wrong part by vocational pastors. Who is affecting the spirituality of the church. Okay, there are many pastors today who are by vocational. They have large numbers of people in their churches. But they are not full time. They are not full time. Because they can't leave business. And pastor will close at office, 6 p.m. Transport will allow him to get to church at 8.30 p.m. And he's the one that will leave Bible study. What will he say? There are a lot of wrong <laughs> guest speakers. They charge for services. Demanding for fat honorariums, opulence hotels, and first class treatments. That when guest speakers leave a church, they leave the church more in debt. Than the way they meet it. 
And there are a lot of rich people that are stunned to churches today. And they buy over pastors. They buy over seats. They buy over all those things. Let me show you another example. In the book of Acts of Apostles chapter 8. You know the Bible said Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the Bible said there was joy in that city because they saw great miracles, signs and wonders. But I want you to read from verse 9 downward. Verse 9 says, Peter and John, when they hear of that report, the church sent them to go and confirm those believers, new believers in the faith. And when they came, they were laying hands on the people. And as they were laying hands, they were getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. Meanwhile, Simon the sorcerer, whom the Bible said for a long time has bewitched the people. And everybody from the smallest to the greatest said, this is the great power of God. When he saw, and he to pretend to be what? To be saved. In fact, Philip has made him a deacon. As I say, pastor. Because the Bible says he was sitting next to Philip. That's why those of you that are evangelists and prophets, ah, ah, when you do church, you will destroy the church. You need teachers to help you out. Because that's what happened. Philip, he taught uh, Simon the sorcerer because he's now saying Jesus is Lord. He, he has put him there. But when Peter and John came, they were laying hands on the people. And the Bible said when Philip saw that by laying of hands, the Holy Ghost was given. He said, oh God, I get more new. If everybody respects me, I go pay if you give me this power. Now, if it were ministers of today, what will we do? Answer me, my people. Say, bring the money. Where's the money? We'll show you last sums of money. The one he has collected through sorcery and bewitchment. We'll collect it. And say, you want power? Oh, yeah, come, 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 come. Receive. In Jesus' name. Receive. Lord, I use this offering to connect. But thank God for Peter. Say, your money perish with you. You thought that the gift of God can be purchased with money. And the next thing he said is very instructive. He said, I saw you in the gall of bitterness and darkness. In other words, he is not truly born again. It is people like that that we put in church today. We give them titles and position. We sell our future. And before you know it, occultic people have taken over in the church. Because of money. The get rich quick syndrome is prevalent among preachers and ministers. Get rich quick. Get rich quick. Get it by all means. By fire, by force. By fire, by force. I must be rich in this work. And we can go to any length. Lots of wrong attitudes. Yes. Now let's go to your attitude and money. That's really where I'm going. That's, that's where I'm going. Over the years... I have come to discover our wrong perspectives, mindsets, and attitudes about money is very prevalent among gospel ministers. May God heal us. Amen. I can't hear your amen. amen. A lot of preachers that teach, collect, receive, and manage money from others are also sadly not free from bad attitudes to money. I've seen preachers of big Small, middle-sized churches displays wrong attitude to money. So the size of your church doesn't matter. And that's the area that God is concerned about. 
I've seen ministers of big churches, they steal church money. They personalize it. And I've seen ministers of middle-sized churches, they too are crooks. And even to ditto to small church. And once your attitude to money is wrong, every other thing will be wrong in your life. Underline that one. It is that our attitude to money that God is after. Wrong, attitude, wrong money attitude leads to stealing. Are you surprised that there are ministers that are still? They still steal. They steal offerings. They doctor the books on the excuse that hey, our denomination is not paying me well. Get out of that place. And this is one trumpet I want to sound to you throughout these three days. Your denomination is not your employer. Hello? Have you ever read your Bible that says the laborer is worthy of his what? Of his wages. Now the question is, who paid the wages of the laborer? Huh? Huh? The one that hired the laborer. So who hires you? And who should pay your wages? Your church. Your church cannot pay your wages. Because it's not your employer. Well, if your church is the one that employs you, you can depend on them. Or your ministry. But truly, if God is the one that calls you and employs you, you don't need because they are giving you 20,000, 30,000. Check it. Is it that 20,000, 30,000 you are spending? No. God paid the wages of his servant. Some people, they went somewhere. They went somewhere to preach. And because they didn't give you the expected money as honorarium, you get annoyed. You even raise money for yourself. It simply shows that you don't know who calls you. God is the one that paid the wages of his servant. And you know what I've discovered? I'll tell you later. God will continually test you. And no other place that God tests his ministers more than the area of money. He will use money to test you. Sometimes you are expecting more money from one source. God will disappoint you there. But when you are free from envy, jealousy, hatred, <laughs> covetousness, ceiling, you say, God, I'm waiting for you. Where you never expect, he will provide. It's his test. In the area of money, God will test us over and over and over and over again. Unfortunately, a lot of people are failing that test. Sometimes God provides you with money. And he will tell you, don't spend it. Go and give it to somebody. You say, but God, I have needs. Eh? Hmm. If you obey, later he will bless you more. He tests us. He uses money to test us, to know what is within us. But unfortunately, a lot of people have gone back from that. They only see ministry in terms of what to money. They measure ministry in terms of money. They measure impact. And I know preachers that when they come to this church now, they say, wow, wow, all their calculation is the ceiling. Hey, how, how did they do that? Suspended ceiling. Wow, this is money, man. And all those things. The next thing, how will they build this? For your information, it is Baba Obey that built this one. And you know Baba Obey that he has been playing music since the early 60s. It takes a long year to do this kind of work. 
But you say, ah, yes, sir, that is old school. And you will die quickly. What it has taken somebody 50 years to achieve. You want to achieve it in uh, 50 days. Get ready to be buried. Wrong mindset about money. Look at the five, six attitudes to money that God hates in ministers. And that's the prayer you should pray. That's the prayer I should pray. He hates the attitude of covetousness. Covetousness is when you are ungrateful. When you are unthankful. When you are not contented with what he has done for you. Our people says, God has done for everybody. Except you are not contented with the one he has done for you. Except you are not contented with the level he has taken you to. Unfortunately, covetousness, the Bible equalizes it with idolatry. And there are a lot of covetous ministers. They covet cars, they covet houses, they covet money, they covet when they come to your ministry, they look around, they say, Wow! Wow! Man, God is blessing you. What's your secret? How can I get this? I must have this. Covetousness. As I you pray and you deliberately walk, it will it is there in your life. I once had it. I saw a friend. He is doing similar ministry like my own. And he was not giving people what I was giving them. He will never give you material. He will never give you all this one. I will spend money or I will do it. He will not do it. But I will do conference. And somebody will come and give him a free car. Somebody will help him pay all the debts. So one day we were talking. And I was seeing all the encounters he had. Hey! My heart was full of covetousness. I came back home and I said, God, what are you doing? What's your problem? So we are the one who say I should be doing this thing, and you never sent a car to me. You know, uh-uh, I'm the one that will be suffering. Ask people to even pay two thousand. They say they want to pay one thousand. Ask them to pay three. They say they want to pay two. And all those money, even that three thousand, doesn't cover everything. But I just do it by faith. God, I don't understand. Though. You know, my heart was full of all those things for about one week. I thank God. After one week, I was praying, no? He just, the Holy Spirit just gave me a scripture. And when I read that scripture, my heart was healed. I'll give you that scripture. Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6, that says, Let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you have. For he has promised, I will never leave you. Not forsake you so that we may both say the lord is my helper what shall a man do from that day my heart was healed you need it also because when you go to some meetings and some ministers start to boast and brag like somebody that will always preaching on television who say somebody brought a check of 24 million is that on my table I don't have time for those small monies. You will say, hey, 24 million. Hey, God. Recently he was preaching. He said, as a preacher, I can tell you I am rich. I am rich. At least as I'm talking to you, I have more than 100 billion in my account. Yes, he's on television. 
He's on almost every channel. I won't mention him. So I am rich. Somebody the other day brought check of 5 million, 10 million, 50 million. What would I do with those small chicken change money? He's there. I don't even have time for them. And where you are, you didn't have 1 million kobo. And you're saying, God. <laughs> and these are ministers. There are ministers and there are ministers. I hope you understand. Greed. Some people are too greedy. So they will take what does not belong to them. When the count offering of the Chancellor's Church, they don't need this money at headquarters. And they say we should bring it. Greed will help you to take part of it. Avarice. You will shit others because you are avaricious of money. Selfishness. You don't consider others. It's only you. You, you, me, 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 me. May not kill you. You didn't answer me. Can I tell you a story? Uh, in one church, uh, you know the story if you remember, but let me remind you the story. If you have not heard it, heard it for the first time. And those of you have forgotten, let me remind you. When ministers have this, you can be preaching, you no? Know, and yeah, all this attitude about money is in your life. You don't consider your staff, your staff or your workers or anything. It's all about you. <laughs> it will kill you. One church in Lagos here. A senior pastor. Somebody brought a creek of mineral, 24. The senior pastor took 20. And reserved 4 for the rest of the 6 ministers. And those ones say, Esa. Esa, he said, shut up, I'm a senior minister. I've suffered. You people are just coming. Six of you, go and share that for. They say, okay. <laughs> After some time, somebody brought 12 two bars of yam to come and do Thanksgiving. The senior pastor carried 10. Is that not greed? Is that not covetousness? Is that not avarice? Is that not shitting? Is that not selfishness? He carried 10. Give six. I mean, give two to six. Then I go cut them. And you shouldn't too learn it. After some time, another person brought, was it not about 25,000? He took 20. Even 21. <laughs> he gave 4,000. Unknown to him, one of those six ministers is not converted. That one was angry. He was angry, but because of hierarchy and position, he couldn't say anything. And all of them were living in the mission house. You know, one morning, what he did? He washed him very well. They shared the same bathroom. So when the senior minister went to the bathroom, was taking his bath, this child of the devil, minister, locked the bathroom from outside and poured petrol inside and lighted it up. The man burned to death. And he didn't run, no? When police came, say Nami Kila, they say why? He say he don't shit me for a long time. Me go spend that money for heaven. The guy is in jail now. He say but I go come out, but he don't die. I tell you, though it's wrong, what he did is absolutely wrong. But that's what covetousness and wrong attitudes to money can do in church. When you arrogate everything to yourself, it is me, it is me, it is me. You don't think about others. When you are so greedy. 
And when you are so stingy, look at this stinginess. You know, I've been looking for people that are stingy, ministers. Because we are praying with this mentality that we must receive. We are called to receive. Even when it is suffering time, what are we giving? Thank God, I know you very well. You will see now by the time we say offering, minister will be giving 10 naira, 5 naira. Yes. We say a lot of 5, five naira, a lot of 10 naira. Yeah. Because we have this mentality that we don't need to give. We are the people God has called to do what to, to receive. I've seen minister. You know, a lot of ministers come to our office. All these my guests and all these people, they send message. I've seen one that sent somebody message and the thing is, remain 15 naira. He collect her. We are stingy people. We are not generous. We don't give. Stinginess. Ministers are very stingy. To give is a problem to us. Please. Let God heal us. And the Lord will heal you. I say the Lord will heal you. Okay, let's move on there. If your attitude to money takes after any one of these six, then you will need God to put you of them before they ruin you. If you have nothing but only money, that is the greatest poverty on earth. Your money attitude will serve as limitations over your life and your ministry. You'll be like the for-profit prophet. That's Balaam. You know Balaam in the Bible? Yeah. He sold his anointing for profit. I love what Second Peter chapter 2 verse 14 to 16 say about it. He said, Balaam the son of Bosa, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. And there are a lot of ministers who, 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 who thrive on the wages of unrighteousness. And you know we do it a lot. I was sharing with Registrar. Uh, if you get to our office, we are doing some repairs. We are doing everything there. And you know, we were we we shouting. I was saying, we thank God though. I was telling him, I said, thank God you are not a thief. Oh. And he says, sir. I said, yes, sir. He said, thank God you are not a thief. Oh. He says, are you too? Thank God you are not a thief. Oh. We say, if it is uh, other places now, like the contractors that are doing that job now, we will inflate it. Because it is him they will give the quotation. How much will you do a window, a door, tip out of this, tip out of that? He will have inflated it. But right in my presence, the people will bring the, the receipt, everything. Okay, like yesterday, uh, they went to Ibadan. Was it yesterday? They went to Ibadan. And somebody wants to come and service our, our big, big generator. So when the person finished servicing and everything, I brought the bill. So I called Daniel. I said, hey, Pastor Daniel, so so and so has brought the bill. Oh. This is the amount there. Is that the amount he usually bring? He said, yes, so. And but that we should, they usually cut something off. I said, okay, so I should help you cut. I said, how much do I cut? He told me how much they usually cut off. So I cut it off. I asked them to go and give it to the generator repair. And he brought it by. He said, okay, sir, that's normally what they give to me. Okay. But if it is on other places, ah, he will have inflated it. Yes, I don't know. Yes, I don't know. There are many churches that are doing projects. They can't give it to their members. Because even pastor will inflate it. Ordinary supply of bulb, you inflate them. Wages of unrighteousness. Ordinary supply of sand, you inflate it. Ordinary supply of fan, you inflate it. Ordinary, you want to buy this, you want to buy paper. You go and meet the people. How many? You know all these people, Alaba, all these people that sell things, they have two different kinds of receipts. Even church mechanic in the build house. 
from church bus. Raise up your right hand. Money will not destroy me. Every wrong attitude of money in my life. Lord, heal me today. Open your mouth and do that prayer. So shall it be. In Jesus' name.